0: Episode 27 of the Guerrilla Social Work Podcast. Welcome back to the show.
1: Mr. Mace is going to kick us off with our new advertiser. Yeah, this episode of the podcast is always brought to you by Alpha Counseling and Treatment. Alpha Counseling is the largest and most respected treatment provider in the great state of Utah for clients currently resolving a sexual offense conviction and really any sexual behavior problems for that matter. So regardless of what you got, come Come to us, we'll take care of it. Alpha is dedicated to the healthy development and healing of our clients. Alpha is committed to the providing evidence based practice that provides the greatest likelihood of our clients making positive changes and improving their lives. So make a commitment to yourself and call Alpha the Counseling today at 801 645 5455. Email us at info at utahsbesttherapy.com and visit our website at the always modest, www.UtahsBestTherapy.com. And this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Bonnie Rue's Marmoset Pelts. Bonnie Rue's Marmoset Pelts are syn- are synonymous with genuine craftsmanship and uncompromising quality. Our focus is providing women and men with the most exquisite marmoset pelts in our carefully curated collection. Our products are designed with modern sensibility and a sophisticated, timeless, aesthetic. aesthetic-crafted... <laughs> To be lived in and worn in. Remember, the leather biker jacket that traveled across five countries with the most incredible European vacation ever, or the beautiful red handbag that you carried out on your first date, or the steel gray wool coat you wore for your final job interview that resulted in your dream job. We remember how we felt in that moment and how our marmoset pelts made us feel. We believe every pelt in our assortment has a story to tell, and it's you who creates that story. The journey of who you are and where you've been. We are proud of our heritage, but we are continuously evolving. We strive to explore new dimensions, create new looks, and seek out new ways to inspire and engage with style seekers. We are Bonnie Rue's Marmoset Pelts. You can find Bonnie Rue's Marmoset Pelts at www.virtualbubblewrap.com. So, uh, who are we interviewing tonight, Justin? <laughs> our buddy Bonnie Chris. R- Bonnie Rue. Oh, <laughs> they,
2: they, sure, uh, they sure take their Marmoset pelt serious. That's, that's good. That's good. You, know, you got to have conviction yeah, for, for what a you do. Coat. Yeah. yeah. Some passion.
1: So, we're going to be interviewing um, on this episode of the podcast. We're going to be interviewing a former client. This is on our uh, Villains to Victory uh, series. Um, his name is Chris. And so, without further ado, let's kick it off.
0: I guess we're kicking it off now. There right? we go. That's where I would have plugged the intro music in. You're getting to watch us
2: do it real time. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. All right. Did you, uh, were you mainly out of Salt Lake or Ogden? Salt Lake. I was going to say. Are we doing the interview now? I don't know. Oh, okay, let's check kind of, we yeah, are. Yeah. yeah okay. Just, good. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> yeah. First, this is the first time I've met you. I think, as far as like shaking your hand and officially, I I might have covered a group Maybe. that you were in and heard me prattle on about something cool. Hopefully, your life was bettered by me specifically. Uh, I, I don't think so. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
1: Swing and a miss. Chris is a pretty famous client. Um, oh. He was. He, we were talking earlier before we started recording. And this was a. Uh, it was actually pretty amazing. So when we uh, do remember how you, we were expanding the Salt Lake, and you were like, "Nah, nah, nah," everybody will drive to Ogden. I was like, "No, they won't, dude." Like, I was like, "You're pretty and all, but I'm just saying, nobody's driving to Ogden to meet with you if they. I could have Salt brought Lake. them. So, and we got in. We and we um, we got into that office that was in that underground garage. It was a nice office, <laughs> folks. Right. Don't don't like think it's like. <laughs> It's all right. It was an all right office. Yeah. Chris was the very first client to ever step in that building and the very last client to ever step out of that building. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds Mm
2: -hmm. bad. Yeah. So you're like a a veteran of uh, of this game. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good game to be a veteran. No, I mean, (laughs) I guess not.
1: (laughs) No, it's good. Chris has come a long way. So, but yeah. So, and you, and you met Justin. Yeah hmm before okay yeah oh, it was
0: yeah. like right when i first started he was in some of the groups i was gonna say yeah, he was always he was one in that old building too yeah so. okay yeah okay. chris was always someone in the group that would actually talk about relevant stuff and be yeah. real in the group and not just <laughs> bs like actually talk about what was going was on quiet
3: most of the time i think but uh what, what i guess it, when i did chime in it was gold yes that's yes. right yeah that's right yeah yeah, you
1: yeah. Go. yeah yeah that's good well we appreciate you coming on here man so yeah yeah so we'll um uh i don't know what questions do you guys have I, for Chris?
2: I was just wondering, what? When did you actually complete the program?
3: So yeah, we we're uh, we we're just talking about that. It's been about it would be about two and a half years because it was about a January or February when I was off uh, probation. I just had probation, so it would have been about two and a half years ago. Because I've been working where I've worked where I'm at now. It's been about two years, and I would have started that same year. So it's been about two and a half years, I think. Okay. Then. How have things yeah. how have things gone for you uh since, just in terms of like
2: keeping the wheels on the bus and make you know, just keeping your life going the direction that you had to kinda
3: set out to Well my a lot of my um my uh goals and May still remember this because we talked a ton about this even back then was just getting back to um, being with my kids mm-hmm. being with my kids uh, the fighting with the ex I have I have two exes married twice um, but the first one specifically um, a lot of court stuff uh, had been going on and it's and even though I was talking about it with him two and a half years ago just the past 6 months finally it's over really finally oh yes. wow it's taken that long i and, mean Mediation court. I mean, we went clear to a uh, we had commissioner, went clear to a judge, and now mm-hmm. finally, um, I've been having my uh, just my every other weekend and overnights, and oh. you know, the minimum standard time is is finally happening. Good for I'm you, man. Super. That's really good happy to hear. That.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember that was a really big struggle for you. There were, I mean, there were so yeah. many, and yeah. it. Um. I. I mean, I think anybody listening to this. Um. In terms of reunification, I just wanted to make sure I, because um, Chris was talking about getting back with his kids. So, you know, um, so in in this case, uh, you know, like you, your children weren't your victims or anything like no, that. No, right? no, Nevertheless, though, for obvious reasons, for anybody who's listening, sometimes probation and parole prohibit any, you know, contact with anybody under the age of 18. But when there's kids involved, it becomes a little bit more, you know, there's another dynamic there. And so they have a process called reunification mm-hmm. and this has been kind of reviewed and sanctioned and it's a very um you know pretty spelled out process of how this yeah. goes and um I know we had started that and we had pretty much followed through with everything we could while in treatment Yeah well,
3: what what mm-hmm. we could have done um there was just uh, that's part of what I was trying to throw to the ex that was being so resistant as as we, when I was in therapy, it's like, hey, I've got one more thing. I've got these, uh, you know, i got the PO and the, um, the therapist as these other people that can monitor me with this situation and she just chose to ignore any of that. She was going everything she could to just you know, no overnights. You'll always be supervised. But this was just, like I say, this past six months, she was still going for that. She mm-hmm. wouldn't budge on anything. And what was
1: her rationale?
3: Like, what? Just, just because I'm on the registry and mm-hmm. my charges. You know, it mm-hmm. was, it was that was enough to say that um, I should never uh, be alone with my daughter. And I never, 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 no, no. I always, always be supervised in in some degree or another. Although with my son, because once I was off probation and done with the therapy here there was nothing binding legally or anything out there that was saying i still needed that Mm -hmm. but yet she was still holding on to it even though it's a past thing and that's where i was like okay i'm taking you to court then and i'm gonna hold you in contempt if i can
1: so as far Um, as the court system goes mm -hmm. and in terms of of our work in terms of assessing risk um, and the mm-hmm. likelihood of any any risk potential, um, adult probation and parole, the Utah Department of Corrections, and certainly Alpha Counseling said he's good to go. This, this was her mm-hmm. saying, nah, I just don't feel comfortable with it, and I'm going to.
3: Yeah, you know, I tried to offer her tools because I also have a son with the other ex, and she was more willing to look at those things. Because the tools I had, I had a, a letter from you that was just kind of, I mean, it was just broad enough to say he completed treatment mm-hmm. as low risk um and but then i had my psychosexual evaluation which that's the big one and that was very favorable it was done by larry fox and and uh and they even tried to uh the one x tried to counter break it apart like oh what about this you said and what about that you said and then larry fox came right back and said well this is why i said it and this is what it means but that was favorable it said things like no pedophilic interests and things like that which were in my favor so mm-hmm even presenting those things, it wasn't enough to say, um, well, I'm okay with this. You know, mm-hmm. she just wanted to still, cause I'm on the registry, you know, uh, yeah. And the, and let uh, me just say
1: for the listeners and I'm not trying to hog all the time, dudes, pipe in when you want to. Um, (laughs) The the term psychosexual, sometimes you listen to this, you're like, what is that? That, um, It's not like a, a, you know, a biopsychosocial that you do in kind of like a normal um, intake assessment for any type of mental health clinic or something like that. The psychosexual is a a pretty high level type of examination um, and it's uh, pretty limited in the state of Utah. Uh, In Utah, there's only allowed to be uh, PhDs or higher are allowed to do this assessment because of the, the level of examination and also the implications in terms of the recommendations and so Chris was referencing something that um, they do test for um, you know sexual interests and sexual arousal and so what they're trying to determine is um, you know it, it, are there any what we would consider deviant sexual arousal and, and to be clear on that you know deviant sometimes I don't know I, deviants really d- defined really weird like some people think anybody but missionary positions deviant right well, well I mean it's a <laughs> it's know. a
2: statistical term that's Kind of been pirated and given a different connotation. It's right. wildly misunderstood as what deviant truly means. Right. So
1: deviant. Um.
2: And correct me if I'm
1: wrong. I don't want to miss this. Uh, deviant arousal would be arousal to obviously an uh, a situation where a person couldn't consent. So that would include obviously force or a person who is too young or maybe mentally disabled to consent to that or or maybe intoxicated beyond their ability to consent Um, and then uh, obviously force or a weapon um, or any arousal toward you know like uh, the victimization in the first place or kind of uh, offense related fetishes in other words right so pretty
2: pretty good brush strokes covered all that okay am i missing anything there no
1: that's okay so and so back to this though so you -hmm. took that examination and Mm -hmm. they said there was none of those deviant interests and nevertheless it was it was low across the board and there was no Basically. no specific recommendations that you shouldn't be allowed to have contact with children at this no, point. No,
3: exactly. I mean, and uh, no, I mean it was it was favorable um, is the best way to describe it. Uh, and so and so, yeah, it was because uh, definitely because part of it too is um, the test usually involves a um, penile pathismograph. Um, although when I met with him and talked about it and talked about past ones that I'd done and things like that, I. Um, he didn't actually recommend that I take one at that time cause he, um, just based on the conversation him and I had about it, mm-hmm. but, um, but, the, but, but things like that are also part of it. And mm-hmm. so, um, and that test, obviously, if it's going to show that I have an arousal with as fun as that test is, uh, if I have a, an arousal to a child or something, then, um, child's voice or whatever's in the test, then yeah, that would have been put in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, okay. But yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, um, I, I think, uh, some people listen to this who may not know a lot about it. They might be kind of, I don't know, like the idea that reunification would happen. I think people Mm -hmm.
2: might be uncomfortable with that concept, right? I was just going to weigh in with my best attempt at an outside perspective Mm -hmm. and which I got devil's
1: advocate perspective. Well,
2: I guess just maybe somebody that's, so look, uh, Chris, you, you know yourself, you know your intentions, mm-hmm. and after having gone through a treatment program, you, you pretty well have the interpersonal insight to, mm-hmm. um, you know, make these decisions and to truly determine if, you know, you've, you've still got it in you to hurt people or pose any risk to your kids. And you, you know that about yourself. You're able to decisively say, no, that's not the case. You're not going to hurt your kids. Yeah. Mace is your therapist, was your therapist, and, he knows all the nuances that go into assessing risk. He knows all the different types of risk. And through him being your therapist, he got to know you um, mm-hmm. pretty well to not, not probably not quite as well as you know yourself, but as much as you were willing to let him see. And mm-hmm. if you were his client, I'm sure that you opened up to him quite a bit. So yeah. when when you guys are talking about this process and going through the courts and everything, and you know, I, I can hear some, uh, indignation in your voice a little bit about being put through the ringer unfairly by your ex. I'm assuming. And, yeah. And, um, I mean, I understand that I have clients going through the same process and perhaps themselves are also getting, um, drug through the mud unnecessarily, but mm-hmm. for like people probably listening in are likely feeling themselves side with your ex Mm-hmm. and saying sure. well of course i wouldn't want my children to be around a convicted sex offender that's madness mm-hmm. and i'm i guess i'm wondering how like what you did to maintain the patience or like if you ex- if you it felt like you had to like explain yourself certain ways or maybe if you had to try to understand the perspective of her in being patient or just just sort of how you navigated that while keeping your cool while following the rules um it's uh just yeah Any, anything well, you can say to that
3: so so uh, it it basically comes down to if if uh if people are thinking like what you're saying like uh like uh, well that makes sense you know because that that it to me um having gone through this process that someone who um is is just putting that um you know, to use your word earlier that paintbrush statement over well all of these guys are the same type of guy and they all think the same they are not considering the individuality of people right and that um as as mace taught me in a therapy session one day is you are not your worst mistake right Perfect. so Ooh, i said that yeah! Wow, I like
2: it. Ooh. Quote yeah. it, quote it, son. And thank and thank God we're not our worst mistake, man. Yeah,
3: yeah. So, so basically, so then it comes down to, um, so you talk about the patients I used and things like that. Um, yes, I knew who I was, and and my ex uh, is is saying that well, you're this that I don't like. Well, then there's the tools that I learned through the therapy. There's the there's the other tools. Um, the psychosexual evaluation and go, you don't have to take my word for it. I'm going to let a professional, I'm going to let his opinion then tell you. So it's not just me going, hey, wait a second, I deserve this time and everything else. Because, you know, I I didn't know, I didn't go into the the tests that I did going, oh, you know, I, I, I assumed it to a degree. But at the end of the day, his opinion may have been way different than what I thought it would be. And then I gotta go. Oh, you know, crap. Now, I, how am I gonna <laughs> how am I gonna convince her now? So that's the thing is I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm an honest person. I've I've passed my polygraph tests, my psychosexual evaluation. I've I've um, I've at the time when I was trying to do it, I have my my therapist and my probation officer saying it's okay to, for him to have the the, the parent time. Then I'm going. I have other people, not just my word, going for it. And so, so um, um, doesn't that have some value? So, if someone listening in, then going, you know, of course, I, you know, shouldn't be around his kids. You go, well, it, um, you know, are there other are there other people out there that maybe um, trust the situation? I mean, my my PO, he, he's trusting it because he's trusting Mace. You know, and although May said to me one time, you know, to a degree, um, the courts or people or whatever they're going to get. Well, the it's this therapist, so 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 that only has so much weight because the therapist is um, obviously in the client's behalf. But the ones that aren't necessarily are the people doing a polygraph test or um, the person probation. doing a psych, psychosexual evaluation or a probation officer i mean those guys it, and so and so I, I felt like those were enough tools for this to go in my favor and it may not be for every guy it may not be depending on who they are and where they're at well, know, I mean, on, well on what, what you're they're. saying is actually consistent with the
2: way that we score risk so when we're, when we're doing a risk assessment or a psychosexual which by the way am i the only idiot that like for the first few months of your career, I I thought like cycle meant crazy. So like you're going in for a crazy (laughs) sexual assessment. (laughs) Yeah. I can't be the only idiot, but, um, but some of the things we, we, we look at in order to score an item. So like, for instance, one of the risk factors that we score is sexual risk management Mm -hmm. and the, we're given instructions on what we're supposed to rely upon to determine if, you know, you Chris have managed your sexual risk very well. And it it, some of it is client self report. So what you told Mace Mm -hmm. went into his factoring of your sexual risk management, but so did, uh, your, your polygraph, Mm -hmm. you know, so did, you know, outside data, you know, like it, you know, I don't know if Mace had access to your pre sentence investigation report, which I suppose we should talk about today. Um, but there's it's not just what you say that Mace is basing his judgment on your ability to manage that specific risk factor. It's it's other things as well. And so when you're saying that in an effort to, I guess, prove yourself, sure. Um, you 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 know, you have your own opinion what you have to say and the way you represent yourself and the way you interface with various agencies, but also you're relying upon um other people that don't have a, an emotional or financial tie to you mm-hmm. to to make the call and so i i think that's a solid answer because i mean here's what sucks is like you're when you're going through the process until you recover a lot of the trust that you lost with your offense your
3: words kind of crap to people mm-hmm. you know and so oh, you, yeah. you have to bank on other you're people build that trust back up yeah yeah it, exactly. time
1: yeah. yeah oh yeah the only thing with with that is though i mean so you can only do so much in terms of rebuilding that trust, right? Yeah. I mean, you. So this is something for for I think clinicians and clients to really kind of identify with, and and this is where I think you had an incredible amount of patience with this, like kind of Jeff was saying, because I, the tendency is guys get frustrated with this process, yeah, and then they start to act out behaviorally um, mm-hmm. because you know they start to feel like this isn't going anywhere and what they're doing isn't worth it and they start to deteriorate and then we have violations and you know more problems yeah. and 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 really that's setting them back further you mm-hmm. know from these things and and it's not indicative necessarily that they're going off the rails it could just be in response to the emotional problems that they are experiencing as all well of these but you know the the when i look at all these different sources of data that tell me you know, it's not just Chris's word. He's not coming in saying, I'm good, Mace. I'm, oh, okay, you're low risk. now. Like that's not how it works. <laughs> like we're not we're not just, you know, doing a dog and pony show here. We're mo- multiple sources of information are coming in to do this. And and really what that tells us is that C- Chris is trustworthy in his behaviors. You know, that's that's what it really defines for us. Um trust is 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 a different concept, but Chris is certainly showing us that he's trustworthy, right? But the trust piece is How are you
2: co- defining that? Like I didn't know there was a difference.
1: So trustworthy is things that you can measure. Like what for you, for example, like okay, if you're looking at a, if you're looking at a client, what are some things that you determine about that client behaviorally? Things that you can actually measure that say they're trustworthy.
2: Oh, uh, initially, I'll start out with attendance. A lot of times, are they getting to session on time? Are they, they say coming they are? to
1: session? On, are they are coming they, to sessions? Or are they coming to sessions on time? Those are great.
2: What other ones? You know, are they coming prepared? With, do they do with, their assignments? Yeah.
1: Okay, what
2: else? Um, I. Well, I guess I'd look for their behaviors to match up with what they're telling me. And that's usually something that takes time to determine. So, I mean, maybe I could look at polygraph results for that. That's a little too obvious, though, right?
1: So is there a congruity in their behaviors? Um, Are they does their word match up with their behaviors too? Primarily that's the, if you're talking to the PO, task I'm trying to
2: achieve. Yeah. If
1: you're talking to the PO, does what you're seeing or hearing from the client match up with what the PO's observations are? Right. Right. Okay. So I think a good practice sometimes is to, is to sit down and say, all right, well, so what, what does constitute trustworthiness in another individual? I, I, I usually say write down 10 things, 10 things in another individual, Right. All that shows is that they're trustworthy, and you could do it on a timetable too. I say, ah, okay, I'm going to observe these behaviors for three months. I think we talked about this when it came to because in you were at the time when we were working together, you were trying to rebuild a relationship, right?
3: Um, when we first started, well, it kind of changed from. The one that I was trying to rebuild when I first started was just with my second ex.
1: Right. We were... But you were still married at the time. Yes. Yeah, you were. Yeah. You yeah, were. Because yeah. I have a funny story about that. I'll come back to that. But
3: okay. So,
1: <laughs> w- all those are, all those are our behavioral indicators that this person is trustworthy. Trust, though, comes from me being vulnerable to you. So, if I determine based on my assessment of you as an individual that you're trustworthy... I then have to make myself vulnerable to you and I have to say, okay, I'm going to give him some information that could hurt me. I'm going to rely on him to follow through on something that is that could cause me problems. I'm going, you know, whatever it is, right? I'm going to enter into a relationship with this this person that I, I feel like I have care for or whatever and I'm now now making myself vulnerable to you because now if you choose to do something to me, now, now you're taking trustworthy behaviors and you're going
2: back on that, and that's when I feel betrayed. So you're trusting yourself to be vulnerable, and you're basing those decisions on my trustworthiness as evidenced by behaviors.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I always coach clients on that too. I tell them I just acknowledge the fact that they have no reason to trust me from the very beginning, but I, wa- I want to coach them and say, okay, well, what are what are trustworthy behaviors? Uh, I've right? heard you say this before. And, like, if you, and, yeah. if, and I want you to measure that against me. So I want you to pay attention to what I say and what I do and that at least tells you that I'm trustworthy and then you might disclose a little bit of information about yourself or maybe something that makes you vulnerable and then you have to see how I handle it and I then that that develops
3: trust over time I remember what you're talking about by the way now well, I had to think back but yes I was married at the time and I I remember what you So
1: about. so in that in that relationship like this mm-hmm. is something this is kind of a testament of of your dedication to some of these things mm-hmm. because um you were it was a group therapy session Mm -hmm. and um, you said you wanted some feedback from the group and we got into this conversation and you laid it out and you said, here's all the things that I'm doing right now because to build trust, to build trust because there was infidelity. Right. And then Uh she says, these are the things that I need, which is actually really nice. If, Mm -hmm. if, if you, if you were like in a relationship where Mm -hmm. you're unfaithful to your partner, how Mm -hmm. many times do they say, okay, Here's the list of criteria I need to trust you. That hardly ever happens, and I wish it would, because sometimes it's like, well, I'll I'll know it when I feel it. Well, no, that's not good. Like, I need to... Yeah,
0: and me- there's no moment of just all of a sudden, oh, I trust them again. It's kind okay, of going back to what you were talking about. It's more consistency. Like, well, in, in behaviors, do I consistently show that I am making an effort or that I want
1: to meet what you feel is trust right, or trustworthy? And the, and the problem with this, though, is what you're talking about is, okay... I can, I can do that for a long time. I can mm. show you that I'm trustworthy. But kind of like your first ex... If, if I'm not willing to take that plunge and make myself vulnerable mm-hmm. to you, the trust is never – uh, like you, all you've done is show that you're trustworthy. Trustworthy mm-hmm. requires the other party to then make themselves vulnerable. There's no way to earn trust. Like, yeah. You can't earn trust. You can show you're trustworthy is the best you can do. Yeah. So what – in that circumstance, what were you saying like were some of the so, things you had to do?
3: So it was um, – there were things that um, – Um, it was uh, my second ex at the time that was the relationship I was in with everything that had happened I was trying to show her that I could be a good husband and then I can show trust I can rebuild it or 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 whatever and so what it was is um, she was wanting certain things because well how do I know when where you are when you are you could be call it, You can call me from your phone and maybe you're somewhere else or something like that. And so I took it a step further. And I so to answer that question, um, I just did whatever it took so that she knew um, where I was. So when I went to work, I called her not from my phone, but from the work phone so she can track that phone number. When I left work, I called her from the work number saying I'm leaving. And then as soon as I got home, again, I'm not using my phone. I was staying with my grandparents at the time. I called her from my grandparents' house so she could see the numbers of where I was at. She literally knew where I was at. Now, but
1: you, you had two jobs at the time, though. So you are uh, doing yeah. that from both locations. Yeah, yeah, so I
3: was I was calling her uh, so, she, so she could track where I was, so mm-hmm. she knew where I was. And I was happy and willing to do that. And so what was funny is the feedback, what you're talking about in the therapy session, that all the guys in there were like, well, that ain't going to last. How long How do you expect <laughs> to do that? I can't believe that. Oh, no woman deserves No. You know, they were just yeah. totally, and you know, like – like' cause I, I wouldn't put mad... up with
2: that for one
3: month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And I was like, no, but I yeah, want to. I want <laughs> okay, to. Okay, Jerry.
2: Yeah.
3: Well yeah. <laughs> so they then that was that was the funny response I got from that because it was something I was willing to do and wanted to do and it was even pushing for it, like, oh, what else do you want? And uh because that was something of value to me. And uh and but their response was like, No, oh, I can't believe that. But then it was just me. Then that's what we got to in that session. It was like, well, hold on a minute, guys. Like, don't you understand what I'm trying to go for? And mm-hmm. if it's a goal and something important for me, then it, there's no doubt or question. I didn't. It, I, I didn't at one second ever think what my uh, what the feedback was that I was getting from all the, all the guys. Mm-hmm. I didn't at one time ever think that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I continued to do it for as long as she wanted wanted me to do it. And, and I was it was happy to do it.
1: It was. It's fascinating how sometimes like the the opposite of that mm-hmm. which is so in other words what these dudes were saying, oh yeah this is what I want like so you want no end in sight. like you don't you, you, you don't want a blueprint of laid out of oh here's the things that I need to see which is actually really intuitive on her end that she would say, here are the things I need to see from you mm-hmm. in order to, to show that you're trustworthy, right? Mm-hmm. And instead, like, how many times have guys been in that position, I mean, and, and people listening to this where you're like, God, what do I got to do? What do I got to do to show you? Well, wouldn't it be nice to say, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, and you got to do it for this long, and then I'll decide whether or not I trust you. It's mm-hmm. a task list. Yeah. Well, I mean, but and I know that sounds contrived, of course. That's well, not how I meant it. Yeah, yeah. it. yeah, it does, but it says, okay, if I need these things, and i need to see it for this long and then at that point i'm going to choose to trust you or not if things were laid out that way i mean think about this because how many times because at that point i think for couples it's in, it's a, a shift you how i mean how often have you been in a relationship i mean everybody's sitting in this room where your girl's brought up something from two years ago and Mm -hmm. throwing it in your Mm -hmm. face. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, hold on now. Like eventually the statute of limitations (laughs) got to run out on those behaviors. Okay. So I think it, I think it marks a moment and you have to, I mean, I know these are arbitrary moments, but you have to make a decision to say, I trust you. And when I trust you, Mm. it shifts. I can't throw stuff in your face anymore or use this as a reason why I'm now, I'm now mad at you or anything like that. I get it. People are hurt and you get to trust doesn't happen on our timetable, but I think it needs to be equitable and fair when you're giving, when you're saying, here's what I need. I need to see this. Did
2: you, did you get in trouble this weekend?
1: No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I've had plenty of, I've yeah. had plenty of thoughts. Well, what about when you do? This? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I've, I've just had plenty of conversations, mm-hmm. most notably with Chris about some of these things because, um, the, and I mean, because I think that that was, I was really I was really appreciative of the fact that he would do some of those things and of course everybody's like you know thinking he's bitching out or whatever you want to call it you know I was like, no 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 that's no that's a great gift grateful. that she gave to him oh, and yeah. and whether or not it works out, who knows um, but I mean I think everybody in this room would benefit from something like that. Imagine if your probation officer said, I need to see these things for this long. And if you do this, then I'm going to say you're good to go. And then where sometimes it's a mystery, like, okay, what do I got to yeah. do? What do I got to prove myself? How many times dudes are asking that? Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a great
2: way of looking at it. Yeah. We try to make that as clear cut as we can, but it, there's a, there's a lot of vagueness that goes into, well, probably from a client's perspective, all the stuff that goes into what we would determine to be a successful completion. You know, I, I don't know if it's a good time for a, a gear shift here, but, these uh, these like client specific, you know, villain to victory podcasts. Um, I I think that not listeners. Not I don't like that. Oh, it's because co- you're victorious. <laughs> yeah, because no, you're victorious. Dude, I, like, yeah, that, that that's interesting. You oh, actually, I'm mentioned a that.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, you guys came up with some loser names for that. I like the villains to victory. Well, it's See, it's, it's it's provocative. People are like, ooh, ooh, I'll listen
3: to that. <laughs> Yeah. Real quick, though, I do want to add with that last thing we were talking about, because maybe people are wondering, like, well, that's your ex then, so did what you were doing work? Well, it worked for that, but that's not the reason why we inevitably ended up uh, divorcing. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that in there, that it, what I was doing did work, mm-hmm. and she allowed that to work, and, and but that's not inevitably the day, well, way. Just wanted to throw that in
2: there. Before you, what were were you going to ask? I was going to ask for him to tell us about his offense.
1: Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to ask next. Because I think people are listening to this and they're like, what did this dude do?
3: Yeah. (laughs) That's all they're thinking about. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast forward to that part. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Usually it starts that way, but I like how it's gone so far. This has been good. We'll
2: timestamp this part right here. Yeah. Yeah, And and, uh, uh, post what you feel
3: comfortable
1: sharing. Don't
0: feel like you have to throw out uh, anything you don't want to. I don't know.
3: To. I was charged with lewdness involving a minor. Yeah. Um,
2: to the, so de- think, to think, the degree that you're
0: comfortable Because you, I think most people hear that and say, okay, so what does that mean? What is that? And like I so said, you don't have to share.
3: Uh, so I basically, the, I'll just... I'll say the details of kind of what happened with it yeah yeah that'd be good
2: just just like Uh, i was at home and
3: well yeah i was at home and um someone someone said they walked in front of my house and i was uh uh, naked in the doorway masturbating and they were with their child so they were walking past my house okay is what basically happened in a nutshell i'm
1: and, yeah, so, they're, and so, they're, so their child saw that and they called the police and yeah. then yeah. off to the races we go. Basically, yeah. Okay. And so, so, yeah, the lewdness, I mean, if you look up the statute, obviously a lot of things fall under that, yeah, but that yeah, certainly yeah. would qualify there. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. why I wanted to bring it up because I think most people, especially if they're either getting into the field or just someone listening, when they hear like sex offender or sex offense, there's pretty narrow templated ideas that they have of what that is. I think most people are pretty surprised to realize there's a lot more... That falls under that umbrella then they realize yeah. that someone gets talking about it and and i think where you can shed some light on that is just okay that's why it involved quote unquote you know having a minor there has well, certain yeah. the restrictions while i'm part, on probation or being back with my family yeah you know?
3: well the minor part too and this is and this is also discussed in my psychosexual evaluation too and i'm not minimizing at all when i say things like this i'm not trying to make light of it or whatever but but really it was geared toward the woman walking by but at the same time you can argue well isn't that worse than that you chose to ignore that there was a child there you want to, does that make sense yeah. is what i'm saying because because and and he and he put that in my um psychosexual evaluation too that that, that the, the intentions were toward the woman not the child can, can you um, describe your intentions uh, just ar- arousal, maybe the. F- it, it, it sounds so funny saying it. Um, this woman would like what she saw, and something would come of it, you know. But I don't even know if my brain was going that far ahead. But well, that's. Well, look, man. Like. It sounds funny saying it to, I, to well, me. I, well, I well anything it. sounds funny I, yeah.
0: I at hindsight. Yeah, all of the stuff we do, we talk yeah. about it after. It sounds funny, sure. But mm-hmm.
3: yeah, that's that. I I, I guess that's what I was thinking.
2: It's helpful to understand I because I, I, I think people get well curious because they, they don't know, like actually kind of what's behind the mindset. And so, you know, yeah. The idea is that, you know, she's going to see me. She's going to like what she sees and maybe something will come from it. Like, yeah. It, like whether or not that was Which verbatim, so in your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what was going on in your life at the time that you felt that that was um, a viable option? that that made sense to you at that time?
3: You know, I, I think, I I don't know. I don't want to, I guess, cliche jump to what everyone talks about, but it was probably just viewing a lot of pornography. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, I think I wasn't being as open as I should have been with my wife about what I felt that I wanted sexually. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's another layer to that. Um, kind of the religion thing that was something we were going to talk about we haven't yet but mm-hmm. um kind of kind of not being honest with my wife i felt was the religion thing i was using it as an as an excuse um that i i couldn't be mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it's like i was looking for an, an outlet in pornography and and then also the pornography was adding snowballing to the mindset i I guess Mm -hmm. i I don't know
2: if i'm off base here in trying to kind of deduce what you're saying um what i'm guessing you're meaning by the religion is well okay if i'm wrong i'm wrong but are you are you saying that you felt maybe there was a little bit of sexual repression within the house or that maybe you weren't getting your sexual needs met to the degree that you wanted and so that's where pornography and
3: other risky sexual behaviors come into play well yes like the sexual needs weren't being met but i wouldn't dare uh ask them anyway and kind of because of and that's the thing is I should have and it probably would have been okay but also I didn't want there to be like this I felt like if I was going to I would have been planting some kind of idea in her mind about where did you get that idea where would you want that and don't get me wrong it's not like I'm some weird sexual guy in the bedroom. That's not what I'm trying to say either. But within the religion, I felt that, um, and I even still, kind of do. Although, honestly, I um, part of me still thinks that. But at the same time, if I would have been more honest, uh, it obviously would have played out differently. I, I, I think. Are you uh,
1: saying you're concerned? Like you, were, so that would have made her hip to the idea that where were you where were you getting this information about sex? Exactly. And so she may have or, f-
3: or, or that's wrong to want that or to be that way. Right. Because that would be maybe sinful, even though it was husband and wife thing. And she probably mm-hmm. actually wouldn't have thought any of that. Yeah. Because it's not like... Because, again, it's not like I was wanting some weird thing. You know, let's go down to a leather wearing thing. No, it's not that at all. You know what I mean? It, yeah. But, but but yet still, it's like... Um, well, you're just worried about how that's going to look as far as does it look yeah. like I'm a bad person? Does it look exactly. like I'm a weirdo
0: if I want this? And not only do so I, I want to like not fill that with my own religion, I don't want to experience that possible shame or judgment yeah, from someone like, who's really uh, close to me, too.
3: It, well, exactly. Yeah. Even though it was my wife, I couldn't trust myself to be honest enough with her about it.
2: I, I appreciate what you said a minute ago. I in that you're not blaming her necessarily for the problems in your sex life. Like you, you're blaming yourself for not communicating what it is that you wanted.
3: Yeah. And I think that's, I think the worst case scenario would have been if I communicated it and then, you know, I get rid of my ego and then she tells me that, uh, well, I'm not comfortable with that or whatever, or, or I didn't know you were thinking that, or, or maybe she's shocked. Then in the worst case, we'd be like, well, let's uh, talk to – Let's. I don't think that would happen either. Are there some signs? I go to a, a therapist, I was going to say, but I don't think that would happen yeah. either because uh, – d- 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 just ego things in, in my head.
2: Mm-hmm. So in, in talking about trust and trustworthiness, um, were there some – I mean, again, you don't have to necessarily be specific, but were, were you doubting – that you guys had a strong enough relationship or that she would be sensitive with the information
3: accordingly that you could even say such things? Did you think that you could be vulnerable with her? Um, I, and I think, I think that's what it was is no, I, I didn't think I can say the things because it was like what he was saying earlier. I think I was too afraid or ashamed or something like that, that I, I would have looked silly or, mm-hmm. or, or been wrong or, been a sinner or, or, or something like that or where did you even get that information from that it's like mm-hmm.
1: oh mm-hmm. No. Now, and this, and this isn't necessarily mm-hmm. bagging on any particular religion this is no, like no, no, your your assumption of where it would have gone yes. right because i know we wanted to talk about the religious piece and i do i mean i i just think this is kind mm-hmm. of a, a crucial um time because like even with the pornography mm-hmm. um it a lot of people kind of demonize pornography and say that this is the cause. And I, and I kind of argue a little bit about this. It's more of a symptom. I mean, the, sure, the, yeah. the, the pornography use is, um, regardless of whatever you're doing, it was kind of safe because there was no judgments. I mean, that's anonymous. Well, yeah. You can yeah, use that yeah. without, you know, nobody's judging you or anything mm-hmm. like that. And these are things that obviously are, are um these are, the, I mean, the real problem with pornography is it reinforces a false sense of what's, you know, really going on. Those which,
3: are, is, which is what was going on, too, because the pornography was adding to, oh, know. maybe I want this or that. And if I mention it, then where did you hear that well, and from setting up whatever? And I it's, think it's, maybe it's, where it's just, Mace was
0: going, this like also this weird dynamic we get caught up in. This, so maybe just referencing specifically to porn how that will re- represent all these situations that are just really not how things usually work out, like like how you said, okay, yeah. I was just thinking if I did this in front of her, maybe she'd like it. Because that stuff happens all the time in porn. Like the UPS guy shows up, oh, hey, here's yes. your Amazon package. Oh, well, just come in and let's go sit yeah, on the exact. couch. Like, yeah, it's more that's like... That's kind of a normal thing in it's porn. It's more like,
1: hey, yeah, ma'am, exactly. I'm here to... I'm the plumber. I'm here to fix your dishwasher. And she's like, did you bring your snake? <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> she <laughs> sounds yes. like a southern yeah. dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, on top of to that like, their own. <laughs> and I think it's one of those things like not to knock religion or anything at all but just to no. say like being a human growing up you start to find out things usually on your own or through friends and then we, there's definitely not a not so subtle message sometimes with this from a religion mm-hmm. that says if you're doing this it's bad or it's shameful or you shouldn't be doing sure. that so it's like but I am doing that I am feeling that so I must be bad and then we have this weird idea of well we're not supposed to talk about sex we're not supposed to do that but it's in everything used to market stuff towards you and it's in TV and it's on our computers on our phones but then it's also bad don't talk about it Yeah. so then you think of yeah, I want to have an outlet. I want to have something, so I'm going to do this. And it kind of feeds this weird cycle. If you're not allowed to talk about it, everyone does this, but don't say anything, and if you do, you're bad. And then you're yeah. in all these different angles, like a marriage and then religious beliefs. And Yeah, I mean, that's – how do we get through that? I don't know. That That's a weird thing, and I think it ends up being very shame-based, though. Like, you, you more mm-hmm. feel like something's wrong with you, and really, you're probably thinking pretty normal stuff. You're probably feeling yeah. pretty normal stuff.
3: Yeah, I, 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 in, in hindsight um, – Really, if I just would have come forward about what I wanted, it she probably would have been down. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but think mm-hmm.
3: of that though. I mean, like, so my religious beliefs and someone I'm married
0: to—that's two pretty big entities that have like a pretty big role in how I feel about myself and my life. Yeah. So, on the flip side, yeah, hindsight being twenty twenty, we know. Yeah, I should have yeah. talked about that in the moment, though. Yeah, that's a pretty hard conversation to have, just because the fear yeah, of to, disconnect. And how,
3: I, didn't know, I didn't know how to ever even bring that up or anything either. You know, yeah. you know like, so. do you know now? Because that's a, that's a portion of well, keeping this from happening it's again. It's being right? just honest. It's being honest about things. So I've been in a couple of relationships um, since I've been uh, um, divorced and things like that, and they've they've played out a lot better. Um just because I've just been upfront about things and honest about things. And I'm not talking about sex stuff, but just anything and everything in general. It's um trying to just uh see what I mentioned. Honest. <laughs> I don't in want to change gears too much here, but yeah. <laughs> because change was another thing that I that I uh really wanted to talk about here. Mm-hmm. Um uh yeah, bringing some of that forward and stuff like that, it really um yeah, it's just been it's just been better, easier. Um I just feel feel better
1: well it's good, know. it's good, I think that you you mentioned something earlier that um was kind of glossed over was like when you you mentioned that saying like what you did and the motivations behind it, it's kind of weird hearing yourself say it,
3: oh yeah because i don't I don't say it, I don't say it to people and well, the last time I ever talked about it was in therapy two and a half years ago,
1: well, you know and to I mean? look back on it, I think all of us. Can look back on things that we used to do and think how preposterous our behaviors were at the time oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and what we were thinking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so that behavior where I'm, I'm, I'm masturbating to a degree that a person sees this and maybe that's going to spark a desire or something like that. doesn't necessarily fall into like what they call exhibitionism or anything like that. It's kind of, it's obviously kind of toying with that a little bit, mm-hmm. definitely kind of like a paraphilia. And so for anybody's listening to this, like paraphilia is just sort of like I don't know, experiencing arousal to uh, fantasies, behaviors, objects that are outside of what we would call like mainstream sexual interests is what people would say. And, uh, but a lot of times, a lot of people think this is linked with emotional disorders. And I think very much so. So anytime that we're emotionally connected to a given, I don't know, mm-hmm. subject or or thought or something like that. Um, it's going to distort, you know, the rational thought process behind our. D- to what degree it distorts the rational thought process is up to how much emotionally connected we are to those things. Like, I, I, w- I would say. Anybody, you know, um, you have kids, Chris, I have kids, you know, anytime if it were coming to like one of my kids are in danger, I would lose my mind, like lose my mind if it meant to protect them. I would. So, (laughs) and because I'm extremely emotionally connected to them. And so, so anytime we're emotionally connected to something, it's going to distort our thoughts. And so it's good to hear you say, I can't even believe I thought that, but you did think it at the time because there was an mm-hmm. emotional connection to these behaviors that were being reinforced by the pornography, mm-hmm. and certainly weren't being expressed in a in a healthy way within your relationship. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and that's a lot of where this comes from. So pornography is not necessarily the cause so much as like
3: this was a, no, a it was very much a contributing, just yeah, a contributing
1: factor for sure, like for all sure. All I mean, I just. Uh, I, and I'm not like a purveyor of porn or anything like that. I mean, it just is is when we're talking about things, It's good to be precise about what these things are. And I mean, I think that's
2: rather than scapegoat at symptom. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, this is all cause of porn. Well, thanks, I mean, Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> Ted. But I mean, like it's. Um. And I think your your um when you talk about kind of this religious thing, there's another conflict going on there with you because it wasn't. Because one thing is, is that, because um, at, at the time, you're LDS, correct? Yeah. You're not yeah. supposed to say that anymore. I was
0: just going to say that. Yeah, you can't say that anymore. Yeah, say that. Say what, that anymore. what are you
1: supposed to say now?
3: Are you supposed to say Latter-day Saint or? So this really? is just within yeah. a few days of, of today is, uh, yeah, the church came out and you you don't say Mormon anymore, LDS. They want to be known as the Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints. Or that or is the just Church of Jesus rolls Christ right is, off the tongue. That is just yeah. too much to say. <laughs> I, I know. know. I think they're just wanting to get rid of so Mormon the, and the idea that like people. Dude, just think I went Mormon. to I went like to BYU. Yeah. I
1: love my Mormon homies. They're awesome. Like and there's yeah. the, the thing is, is you had a profound respect for the religion. It had nothing yeah. to do with like you were bagging. I still on do. It. I still do. Right. The, the, when we talked about this, part of the emotional conflict there mm-hmm. was. You, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you just had a a really, and I learned a lot from you about this actually, Mm -hmm. but you had an utmost respect for faith Mm -hmm. and you had an utmost respect for the value system attached to that. The conflict was, is you couldn't bring yourself to fully believe in some of these things. And so you were dealing with some big time problems because it's like, well, this is an element of this that I just don't agree with. And I I truly value this as a as a way of living and everybody else. But sure. who am I going to tell about that? Like who am I going who, who am I going to say? Am I yeah. just going to go to my wife and say I don't want to do this anymore? Cause
3: yeah. well, and that's uh, to answer that question. If anyone's still thinking it, well, why did you get divorced then? Is and that's what it came down to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we worked things out for a long time, um, but eventually, um, kind of the story with that is I, I I'd never been good at that religion. Um, and but I was married twice, um, formerly known as LDS. <laughs> 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 um, I was. I'm just gonna call it that. Um, yeah. It's the quick I don't go want to say to, all that. <laughs> which is it's the quick go to. So anyway, so far I was married twice. Um, uh, and um, and just as I, I think as I was going through the therapy, because it has to do with change also, is. Is I'm kind of questioning everything. I'm questioning everything about who I am and what I am and what I'm all about, and that was one thing that has always kind of been on my mind. I understand the thinking of the religion, and 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 um, and and this goes through through all religion because again, I want to emphasize what you said. I'm not bashing it in any way. I still take my kids every other weekend when I have them to LDS church. Mm-hmm. I still do it. But I'm just not invested in it anymore. But anyway, my process of going through that was, um, was I've never been good at it. It's just I, parts of It's just I don't believe it. That's mm-hmm. fundamentally what it is. Not that there's anything wrong with it. If, if that's something that is you and part of your life, whether it's this religion or others, do it and do it well. Um, but if it's something um, that you just feel like you're having to do. I felt like it's something that I should do. I felt like it. Uh, I felt like it dictated a lot of the decisions that I made in my life. Now I don't regret anything because I am where I'm at today. Um, so I don't want to sit and talk about hindsight or anything like that. Um, but um, I just felt like um, that was something that I um, was str- more struggling with. Like it was something that was not helping me, even though at the time mm-hmm. I was trying to embrace it harder than I had ever had in my life ever. Mm-hmm. But I just wasn't going anywhere with it. And so right. several sessions with Mace and I was bawling my eyes out here. With Mace in this in the therapy sessions. I don't know what I to wasn't do. crying. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I've never shed a tear. <laughs> but in I my was life. <laughs> but I was uh, but I was I'm really kidding. struggling with the idea of leaving it leaving it because um, all of my life what's well, what you're supposed to be doing 30 yeah. yeah 30 years of my life was this religion and and what is my what are my family gonna say what is my wife gonna say you know because already i've I've caused them so much heartache and pain with all the other choices I've made and so now I'm gonna throw this on them which is potentially as big if not bigger saying you know what' I'm, this isn't me anymore and so it wasn't like I just like I'm not going to be Mormon anymore. I'm done. And it's like, see ya. Yeah, but you... But I, I, it was a process. It was I mean, so... It was, but the thing was, was, man, you said,
1: you said something that, like, made me think so much about this, um, about faith in general. Because, like I said, again, please nobody, like, be silly about this and act like anybody's bashing on no, the Church I, of Jesus Christ. No, I s- Everybody loves them. Here's the thing. And what you were saying was, you felt like you were doing more harm by being dishonest about saying exactly. I'm in the faith when I truly don't believe in it, and and I'm just yeah. going through the motions to appease my family and my loved ones. Yeah, that's what was happening. And for and, sure, and if sure. faith is a real thing, and I really truly believe, I'm I'm shitting all over it every time yeah. that I go to church, and every time I'm do and I and I was I, like two different inwardly, and I inwardly yeah. don't believe this. I'm disrespecting this thing that I have the utmost respect for. Yeah. I think like your decision to exit that is more respectful than anything. I think how many times have we known dudes that have gone on missions, had no intention of, and at the time were not, we're not practicing any of the value system associated with the LDS religion, but doing this as a political move, going on a mission and you know their girl their girlfriends at the time are pregnant and all kinds of other stuff i mean it happens there's and, and that's not a mm-hmm. knock on on again the religion that's a knock on individuals not being true to their own faith and being honest with themselves about what this is. And I think you you took it a step further and said, I, I'm being really disrespectful to something that I have you know, a lot of love for in my life. Because
3: I've always kind of been that way with it down below. It's like I've, I do the religion thing when that comes up. But then it was like I'm hanging around work people and I feel like I just be more who I am and myself. And I think as I was going through these changes, I just wanted to get rid of all that and I just want to be myself. Uh, You know, uh, uh, more often I just wanted to feel better about who I am, and that required me to just, uh, I think, come forward uh, uh, about that. Um, Well, uh, there's obviously obviously
0: many aspects to that, but I think that's a a part of where I try to look at it too going within, like, therapies. Mm -hmm. Think of the constant view of your own self-image there and your own self-worth as – I know I'm supposed to be this way and everybody else wants me to be this way. So I'm just going to do that even though I know I don't believe it. Cause yeah, like, like Mace was saying, there's a yeah. part of me that's kind of crapping on the process and, and you know, religion itself by doing that. But then also how do I feel about myself if I'm constantly having to tell lies to people and make
3: them and think I, that I'm doing I don't I, think that feels good in terms of your self esteem. either. Yeah. And I, and I just, and I, and again, I just want to emphasize also that I, I hope us saying this isn't offending anyone or, or, or making, someone feel it will like, be. I, I, it is really, it's really it's really not my intention at, that's not where i'm going with it or whatever because because the same thing i do i still take my kids i still take my kids to it and that is the lesson that i'm uh going to continue to teach my my daughter i'm not anti-mormon at all mm-hmm. it, Although my family is still very mormon well that doesn't even have to be and, about and mormon I, is. I think that's just
0: religion in general If 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 you really believe exactly, that and you're I mean, okay with following like, through on that go for it but i think if that aspect of If I'm only believing things, whether it's religion or whatever it is, if I'm only believing things because I'm afraid of the disconnect from people around me, if I were to voice concerns
3: that I'm having, I think over time that takes more of a toll on things. Yeah, and I still very much plan on telling my daughter that same thing. I'm not going to be like, hey, you know, it's not real. No, I'm going to tell her, you know, do it, do it well, you know. Be 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 your true if self. If you believe it, good for you.
0: Follow yeah, through on it. Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly, exactly.
0: But I think the important aspect of this is what you're saying. Is for me, I started to not believe in enough of this that made me question: Is this for me? And you had to be true to you eventually because you were saying before I might have been just trying to jump the hoops and appease and put on this mask and sure. make everybody else happy,
3: which became at the cost of myself and knowing who I am yeah, and what I want to do. And again, I know what. People from the religion would be thinking about what I'm saying. Trust me, I know because I was LDS for what 33 years, so I I, I get it. I understand it. You know, he's confused the devil, or whatever. But really, <laughs> I, I get that. I know I'm not. I'm not bashing it or any in any way, shape, or form. Well, for some people, wasn't believe it. its belief systems. There's every religion has their different belief systems people that have their different belief systems and and really who are you and what's best for you and yeah, what's and you're not you're not saying, you it's you're no, saying it's wrong you're just saying it's not my wrong thing. at all yeah
1: well and the uh, and to again to chris's credit on this you know sometimes i, I spent uh <laughs> our buddy for some reason had uh somebody it was a uh, somebody from like BYU Hawaii called me and they were talking to me for like uh our our friend Aaron had them call me and i talked to this girl for Probably two and a half hours, and she thought it was a great conversation. I just talked to her about this and I really she was she was trying to talk me to, to me about um, attending church and whatnot and I was just I wasn't trying to talk her out of it I was actually t- telling her why because I have a respect for it I'd feel bad about about going there and not believing the same things because I, I have a respect for faith like an and um, and one of the things she had said was well that's okay. You know, part of this is, is you know, going and learning and eventually faith just develops organically. And I was like, okay, I think that's, that's a credible mm-hmm. argument. I think that's probably true because, you know, this is one of those things where I just need to see something. I need some sort of divine intervention. And she's like, well, unless you truly believe in faith, then that's never going to happen because there's yeah. things like that that are happening all the time and you label it as coincidence or you know, just luck or something like that. Mm And she's saying, so if you believe in that, that's where you kind of get to that process. And I said, yeah, maybe. And and so, but you tried that. You were dedicated. You were like, I'm going to commit myself for, I think you stayed in therapy for almost an additional year working through this issue because you were really trying to say, I'm going to commit myself fully to it. And you struggled with it. And I think you gave it as much as you could to the degree where you said, I'm, I'm I'm being dishonest to that and I'm being dishonest to anything. So because that's where people knock on religion and stuff like that it drives me nuts because if you're dedicated to it and you follow the value system I mean there's not a value I don't know except for like what devil worshiping even they probably have some good stuff right? <laughs> you're but I mean there's not to that devil worshiping. Yeah, so if you're if you're just living the value system that's associated with that religion and you're a good person and you're nice to people yeah. and you go to dude, mind your own business, everybody else. Like, who cares? It's not a knock on that. I think that your yeah. your decision to do this was not, you know, like, if those movements, it had nothing to do with that so well, much no, as
3: when, I really have an appreciation yeah. for that, and I don't want to disrespect it. Well, sure. And and, and I just want to add one thing that um, that you had said to me during a session, in fact, was as I was kind of struggling with my thoughts and where I wanted to go, was you asked me, um, which totally speaks for religion is—is is you asked me, it's like what that very question. Well, what are your morals and values, and and then it made me go, oh, all of my morals and values or spirituality, if you will, because I know that's always a group topic. You know, mm-hmm. what does spirituality mean to you? Um, what you know, what is that to you? And that really got me thinking. Oh, yes, okay, so. This has been such a big part of my life. If I'm getting rid of that, am I getting rid of those things? The obvious answer is no. I'm not going to go, thou should not kill. Well, that's gone. I'm going to go kill. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. obviously I have morals and values still. So it, so that to me was um, going, okay, if I'm going to get away from this, who am I as a person? And those are the things that I brought forward to because it's kind of uh, – sorry if I branch off a little bit here. But as I – um, I eventually went to my wife at the time and, and I, as gracefully as I could, you know, I am not going to do this in, anymore, even though we're a married Mormon, um, LDS. Um, we, uh, I went to her with that, but I, um, because the things I learned in the therapy there was, um, was I'm still a good husband. I'm still going to be a good father. You know, I, I, I'm still going to be a good person, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll even go with you still. It's just, just. I don't believe it. It's not me, but I. I and and um, at the end of the day, she thought about it for six months or so, but just kind of wanted to go a different direction, and that's kind of why we ended up d- divorcing. But um, mm-hmm. you know that. But that question, though, what you asked me there, um, is I think important very important because spirituality morals and values and things, if you're religious or not, or, or believe this religion or that religion or whatever, I think they're important, they're mm-hmm. important to, uh, uh, I guess being a, 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 a human, a person, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat>
2: um, with, so like every religion is just some type of epistemology, some type of way of knowing, mm-hmm. you know, and, each religion kind of has their own explanation of origins, Mm -hmm. how this all came to be. And also with religion, there's, it's not, it's not just origins, it's origins complete with values and how to live life. Mm -hmm. And so when you were talking about, you know, falling away from, uh, your, your faith Mm -hmm. and see, that's, I guess that's the thing that religion relies upon is that it's, um, it, it, it's based on faith and when you start to doubt that faith and maybe start to pull away from the religion, um, then it's like, well, does that mean that these morals and values go out the door along with it? And you, I mean, you answered correctly. No, it doesn't, but it does make you question, well, where does, where does morality come from again? And if, again, if, if religion is one explanation for the way of knowing about, uh, where we all came from and what we're supposed to be here and what happens when we die. And, uh, Maybe, you know, science might explain away some things that Mm -hmm. maybe once upon a time we, we thought to be true. And then, you know, some smart people with eggheads figured out that actually it's this and we can prove it because of this, uh, you know, it's like doubt starts to creep in and that's Mm -hmm. terrifying Mm -hmm. for, for people because then it's like, well, what am I doing here? And what's the purpose that I'm here? And like atheism doesn't have an answer for, uh, as far as like a guideline on how to live life, atheism is just the absence of belief. It doesn't give you an architecture of, well, what do I do? And uh, I mean, a lot of that has to come from kind of like your own sets of values and your way of understanding the world and what morality is, you know, atheists can obviously believe in thou shalt not kill also. Mm-hmm. But, but again, when, when like the, the origins of explained to you about how we all came to be and that, that maybe that started, I don't know specifically what it was that caused you to, to, to check your faith. But I, I think that what, what happened is you, 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 st- you lost a piece of yourself, Lost you lost a piece of your identity. Religion is such a big thing. And especially if it's like, you know, it's the, it's the, the, the framework upon which you've built a lot of your life decisions up into including your marriage and the way that family goes and then your plans for the afterlife and all these different things. And then all of a sudden things stop making sense. And, um, shit maybe the big bang did happen and all, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever and it's I, I think I think fear sets in. It's like a an
1: dull version of when you find out the Santa Claus isn't real. Dude mm-hmm. it really is. Remember how crushing that was <laughs> you know that and was actually traumatizing I could walk downstairs and my mom and dad are like putting Ninja Turtles and shit out under the tree I'm like what <laughs>
0: yeah. it actually didn't bother me I remember when I found out I was like well, as long as I'm still getting presents, I don't care.
2: Actually, like. I felt smart. I was so proud of myself. I was so proud. I was like, I was, I was the smartest kid on earth. My grandma, but she she kept trying to convince me for years after, and I'd play along, you know. Um Oh, I didn't dude. it. was hard on me. I
1: don't like it. I mean, that's that. And that's not very respectful of what that is. But I, I mean, I, I think I, I think I, I can see what you're saying is this has been something you've dedicated a big chunk of your life to and oh, to, yeah. to organically just start to question that. Um, I mean, I mean, it, it I think it's a. I, th- I mean, I really appreciate your honesty with regards to that. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, I would say there's plenty of people right now who are saying, this is who I am and this is the religion that I practice and have nothing to do with that religion the values behaviorally. Mm-hmm. They're 100% in the opposite direction, mm-hmm. which is r- really unfortunate. And um, and I think your honesty is above and beyond with regards to those things. And, you- and that's where it boiled down to is like, Uh, If I'm being honest, if I'm being really insightful about these things, this is just something that, and it would be, it'd be a big, I don't know if it's like a self-betrayal or something like that. You said you lost a piece of yourself. That's a good way of looking at it because it's like, man, I just, I mean, and clearly you still maintain your morality
3: and how you exercise that. And I mean, by all accounts, you're a good dude. Well, because at the same time though, it was all about, and maybe that's a good transition into this other thing I wanted to talk about is, is it's, it's change. It was change. So at the same time it was, it was cause I was, who am I and what am I all about? And so, um, uh, that was definitely a big part of cause, uh, and I'll, I'll just go there. Yeah. The, the main, the, the biggest thing I got out of therapy, the biggest thing I got out of all of this was, was getting rid of, kind of who I am as a person and getting rid of my ego and what I think I know about myself and who I am and what everything is all about and getting rid of a lot of that. And then uh, that will, then that allowed me to then take in new things. It's that we've heard it a thousand times. You, you know, how could you fill a cup that's already full? Mm -hmm. I think that big time. And even now um, plays a big part in, in, in my life thinking that way. So I, what I was going was is getting rid of garbage. Everyone has garbage in there, but trying to figure out what the garbage was mm. through therapy. Um, but also getting rid of things that weren't necessarily working for me. And I'm just going to word it that way um, broadly here. But uh, getting rid of things that weren't working f- for me so I can go, well, what is going to work? What do I want in there? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can um, say that this is me as a person. And... And with that, with that, because um, I, I talk about God, I was talking to someone just today because a, a, ser, a server that I work with, um, she was talking about a therapy thing. She's like, "Oh, therapy! Huh? I love therapy." And we start talking about it, <laughs> you know. And then, uh, but uh, but uh, she, um, but that's what I was sharing with her too, because it's still part of my life. Is is trying to empty those things, fill new things. Um, because uh, I just feel like, because we're talking about vulnerability and stuff like that, are are, are are things you guys are saying. I just feel like, um, you'll you'll never progress as much as you want unless you dare yourself to to change, to get rid of a lot of those things in your life, those hard things. Say that again, and, and, and replace them with better things. say, say that again? You dare yourself to change. Well, yeah, so so you'll never
1: progress as much as you want as you want unless you dare yourself to
3: change well because because really That's what it, well because really what it comes down to is uh I, and there's a couple ways to think of about this um in, in easier terms, say, so like uh, what what is your favorite sports football team man you like football yeah, I like so what's the, your favorite team? I like the Dallas Cowboys Dallas Cowboys so if I was to tell you. That you don't like the Dallas Cowboys anymore. Now you're a 49ers fan. No, wait. The the Cowboys hate the Eagles. Everybody say the Eagles. Yeah, okay, Eagles. Yeah. Okay. You, you so, so you're an Eagles. That, yeah. You're an Eagles fan now. So me saying that to you, I imagine in your head you're going, "No way, never." Yeah, or it, or different things like that. You're going, "No." You don't have it, it's yeah. preposterous. And you don't have to, but. But to truly change and believe that, so there's two ways you want to look at that, which I'm sure a lot of guys in therapy are going, they're going to go, oh, you're just going to brainwash me. It's brainwashing. Because they're afraid, because they don't know. There's fear and there's anxiety of, of, of. do I want to get rid of these things? You have that life path that you went on that led you to these points, and now I'm going to get rid of that? I'm going to be uh, an Eagles fan now? Well, imagine that. Imagine if, if you really are. At the end of the day, does that really... Um, help or, or hurt things or anything like that, and, but that's easy because we're not talking about ourselves. Because mm-hmm. another one is food, so this one's a little bit more, a little bit more um, tricky. But you can actually, uh, I think, do this one a little easier. Is and take, Chris is a chef, just take, take, so you know. Yes. Oh, okay. So take whatever, f- and I actually went through this process through culinary school too. So I kind of did this on my own anyway. But this is before any of this line of thinking. So another thing is take whatever food you don't like. And you're going to sit down and you're going to eat that. You're going to eat it, even though you hate it, okay? But what you got to do, and it's going to take some maybe focus or practice or whatever, is you've got to erase your opinion about that, about that food entirely. You don't love it either. I'm not saying you got to love it, but you don't hate it. It's neutral. Okay. All you got to do is realize that other people, all over the world, lots of people eat this and they like it for a specific reason. So with me, it's like bananas. I, I've never liked bananas. Kaka. Yeah, but <laughs> I eat a banana almost every day because just the health benefits of them. I just, I'll put them in oatmeal or or whatever. So, I eat them all the time. But I, but I But going there, I just go, it's a banana. Okay, I'm tasting it. This is what it tastes like. It's no like or hate. This is what it tastes like, and this is what it is. You're describing the the flavor without assigning a value to it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So these same kind of thought processes can also go into yourself, I believe, because you can go, um, I, I mean, to, to um, the – sorry if I'm not using the correct word here. The offenders that are maybe listening to this, can can you dare yourself then to go – because you got to think, you, your your life path led you to where you are now, which is you know you got caught or or whatever the reason is. You're listening to this, or you're in therapy, or whatever. So there's something there. So you got to go. There's a lot of stuff that led you to that point. So can you get rid of those things then, and and go? I'm going to get rid of all the things, and it's going to be okay. It's okay, even though it's scary to think. You know, I, I'm a Eagles fan now, but can you do that within yourself? Can you go? you know, I, I can act this way, I can be this way, I can think this way, and it's okay. I, I With the religion thing, because mm-hmm. this is where this applies, I was so afraid of what my family are going to think, but at the end of the day, that didn't matter what they think, it's what I think and what's going to be best for me as a person. So I can grow and learn and go, I'm, and I'm not saying that was, gar- don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the religion was garbage that I got rid of, but I go, I go, I need to change, and this is what it's going to be, and 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 I need to and I need to tell myself that it's okay if I do this, and the repercussions from the people around me um, is not going to um, make it a negative thing, or or the change that it needs to take place. It's not going to be a harmful or hurtful or or thing or scary thing. It's going to be scary, but but change in general to me, it's like. And I'm always there. I I always try to look at, you know, no ultimatums on anything. And I always try to have that idea of that glass, you know, always a little bit empty. It's never really ever full because I think, um, because what I don't want to get is into that same mentality of, uh, that I had before, my offense, is that I know who I am and I'm sure who I am. And you get all these like hardcore thoughts about who you are as a person and you're so sure or or you're never going to get caught or... Or all these different things, I don't want to get my ego going so much, and my cup so full, and I'm so sure of myself, and whatever, and so I'm so smart when really I'm not. It's okay to be the same as everyone else. It's okay to be normal. So try it and start practicing Mm. that, and so that then you can progress and learn the new things that you you know from therapy or religion or whatever it is. So you can start incorporating those things into your life to be a better you because that's why we're here or you're in therapy or that's why we're just here in this world in this life to become a better person right so here we have a circumstance where therapy people work out their bodies all the time but they don't work out their minds. so think of it that way learn things then that you can become a better you so you can change in that way but you've got to you got to get rid of stuff in my opinion first you know what when you finished therapy with me,
2: did we did we decide two years ago you finished with him?
3: About two and, a half, yeah.
2: two and a half years ago. You you clearly didn't see that as a finish line. You've been obviously developing yourself
3: in your mindset. Well, no, there's and your so approach. many, there's so many more things out there. Um, you know, YouTube is such a good tool for those who can be on the internet. It's such a good tool. There's so many things on YouTube that you can look up uh, uh, about any topic uh, uh, that you want to. You know. Uh, Just better building better relationships. Sit down with your girlfriend or wife if if that's something you guys are having a hard time with. And there's so many different YouTube videos on how to how to have a better relationship, how to be more um, um, you know uh, emotional um, uh, emotionally stable types of things you know what i mean uh, absolutely i'm just, I'm just there's yeah. so many things to learn from and so like for example the the opposite end of that is um you know we go well if you're not religious anymore you don't know, like the aa programs or you're a higher power different things like that you know so here i'm more talking about empowering yourself and uh so it's just again you're you're learning the tools. You're learning things. Humble yourself enough to go. I don't know how to be the best person I am because the person that I am got me to this point where I uh, chose. Uh, where I ha- got an offense charge. Well, and people you know don't. So, I think so, that's yeah. So so now you know you know. Can I change who I am as a person without being scared that that? Even my family or whatever, like they brainwashed you there in therapy. It's like, no, that's not what it's about at all. You well know? and
1: that and that is I think it's a hard pill to swallow it's for a so lot of hard. clients because we're not and I truly believe that. I'm not asking you to change because you're a bad person or oh. that you're screwed up or that you're the devil or anything like that. I think a simple recognition of and I try to tell clients this all the time, look. Your offense made perfect sense to you when you did it, mm-hmm. okay? And um, you didn't go crazy. You weren't insane. It made perfect sense to you. Mm-hmm. And the constellation of events and thoughts and emotions and development and everything that went into that moment when you did that is inexplicable. I mean, we don't we don't know. It's hard to like pinpoint. And even if it was in the past that something happened, well, what are we going to do? We don't have a time machine. Mm-hmm. What we can admit to ourselves is I'm on a trajectory that got me there. Can I shift that trajectory? Mm-hmm. And that requires me to make some some fundamental changes in the way I, I view the world, the way I act and and how I think about things. And that's really all therapy is about. It's just the mm-hmm. willingness to say, look, the way the things are going, it that's where it ended up there. And and everybody, everybody is capable of everything all the time. And what trajectory you're on is probably not likely like Yeah, I'm probably not going to start using heroin soon. Mm -hmm. Soon, right? No, (laughs) I'm. I'm. I'm just saying, I'm on a trajectory that that's really unlikely. But am I immune to ever becoming addicted to an opiate? No, I'm not. Nobody's immune to those things. Mm -hmm. And if I say I'm immune, then I'm complacent to notice the behaviors that would be leading me down that path. Mm -hmm. So admitting to myself that, yep, I, I'm capable of making really horrible decisions because everybody else before me has made really horrible decisions okay and i've made some bad decisions in my life but it, it, am i willing to just say okay can i make those changes and admit to myself that maybe i don't have it all figured out and be willing to kind of accept some of the things we know mm-hmm. to, ch- to promote that change that's a good I mean, that's just good that you've gotten there to that point and you're willing to continue to grow from it
3: yeah well and i i just think that it i just think that it's uh important to to always think that way well, I
0: think it's big as far as we, we tie this into treatment, but I think that's just being human, like being yeah. okay with the idea that I can be wrong about things and that I might well, be exactly. wrong about things. It's like how we grow. I mean, have you learned anything from other? You didn't know it at one point. So I think it's just that idea of we tend to be going towards this weird polarization where it's very anxiety based. Like say, for example, I think of religion, like Okay, if someone believes something just out of the fact that they know that they're supposed to, and then if I don't believe it, mom and dad think that's bad, and my you know my family mm-hmm. thinks that's bad. But I also think sometimes people can go outside of that and question it and come back to it, kind of saying, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I actually questioned it. I went out, and I thought, maybe this isn't right. And then maybe they had their beliefs confirmed, like, no, the fact that I went out and actually questioned it made me come back and realize, no, I do believe this. And then for them, awesome, because I think that's that builds yeah. even more faith or foundation on what they believe. Because they actually were willing to question it. Where I think, whether it's religion or anything, we we tend to hesitate taking that route just because of the pure anxiety that would kick in there. Like If I start to question this, then for one, everything I've based my life on is going to be wrong. I'm going to get rejected by my family or people are going to be really disappointed in me. So sometimes it's just easier to do the status quo in the moment. Maybe yeah. not the long term, but I think we can do that with anything. Someone says something politically that I don't agree with, and there's probably a little bit of that fear that kicks in. Well, what if I am wrong, and I don't want to look like I'm wrong, so
3: I'm going to well, dig yeah, in. Well, yeah, with, with everything that I've said, the religion thing in general, um, because just the same, I might be completely wrong with all that. You know, mm. and, and I'm okay with that because I am where I am now, and I feel good about who I am. Yeah. And I feel like I can be myself and uh, and – you know, that that is not what everyone wants. You know, you mm-hmm. shouldn't be afraid to live in your own mind, mm-hmm. you know, by any means. So, yeah. so yeah. But
1: that's a good place to wrap this up, don't you think? Yeah, I appreciate I so. having you on, man. Oh, yeah. You're
2: awesome, man. Seriously. Well-spoken and. What did uh, I
1: say? Look at my clients, bro. Well,
2: <laughs> compared to your it, it's, clients. It, it, yeah. It's clearly <laughs> all mace, the reason that you're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, homies, come on. Uh, again, I, I just I just appreciate that clearly. Two and a half years ago wasn't the finish line for you. You've continued to develop, and I
3: implore anybody listening to this, client, therapist, or otherwise, to do the same. Well, and it's not like again, it's not like I think about this all the time. I mean, don't anyone ever stress out about that? You know, you shouldn't. If you're constantly think about not looking at pornography, guess what? You're always thinking about it. You know what I mean? So, it, you know, it's just a, a general sense of who i am is is always being open to learn and change you know oh, and that's okay to do you know doesn't it, it's it's okay to question yourself you know don't don't be afraid of that absolutely so, yeah. boom. boom thank you all right. okay bye
1: we gotta do the outro oh.
0: all righty that does it for this episode of the gorilla social work podcast we want to thank everyone for tuning in we'd also like to thank Chris, for coming on, sharing a bit of his story with us, that's probably one of our favorite ones to do. The whole villains to victory deal—just good to see people get an understanding of what that looks like on the tail end, and what some of the people are actually going through, and hopefully help to break down some of the stereotypes that a lot of offenders, a lot of clients face when they're going through these situations. So we really appreciate him coming on, sharing that with us. And for the next episode, it should be another week or two. We're busy, but we'll be back at it. So in the meantime share with your friends, let people know, leave comments, send emails, check us out on your preferred site. It's Guerrilla Social Work, G-U-E-R-R-E-I-L-L-A, Guerrilla Social Work Podcast, and then we're up on you know Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that jazz. So hopefully I said that right. Did I spell that right? G-U-E-R-R-E-I-F-C-L. What did I, what did I say there? I know I said that wrong. So it's G-U-E-R-R-E-I-F-C-L. I-L-L-A, gorilla. Helps if I know. I don't know if anyone knows. So, that being said, look us up, and thank you for tuning in, and thank you for all the support and the downloads so far. See you on the next one.